Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye, Rose. It's the queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Good morning, 810 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Ben Scola Morning News. Phil, the Mayflower is going on at Cordova Mall right now and all day today until 6.30 this afternoon. Julio Diaz is the host of Let's Go Pensacola, 4 o'clock Saturdays here on News Radio, and also the founder and host of the Pensacola Movie Club. You can follow them on Facebook and then watch movies and talk about it with them. It's always a good event. Julio, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. Good morning. So last night, uh, what, Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and other words we can throw in a title to make it far too long to print on one line of a movie poster. Is that the name of this movie? That, that's, that's the name of this movie. Uh, yes, it's true. Millennial nostalgia is real. <laughs> uh, it, it, I mean, it absolutely is. That's, that's, that's what the, the, the audience for this movie is. People who watch the Hunger Games movies when they were, you know, Twelve and now are you know twenty five or so and they're super excited about it. It did fairly well in previews last night. Had had a good crowd at the theater last night. One of the better crowds I've seen recently, actually. Now it's uh, not it's not a thirty year wait like for Phantom Menace or something, but um, is it as disappointing? <laughs> is it good? Um, it's it's a decent movie. I, you know, I actually really liked the first two Hunger Games movies a lot. I think the decision to uh, chop the second, the third book into two movies was a mistake. The Twilightization uh, of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which they actually did it before Twilight. Oh, I had that backwards. You can, My fault. You can you can really blame Harry Potter for that. Yeah, Harry, that's true. Harry Potter was the one that did it first. Uh, but uh, but this is a prequel set. Uh, I could like forty years before the the first movie, uh, and it's the origin story of, of Snow, the the president of, who becomes the president of Pan Am and who's the the overarching villain of the the Hunger Games movies. Uh, uh, really good cast in this. Uh, Rachel Zegler is phenomenal in this. Uh, she's really great. Uh, gets to sing a lot and does a really good job. And she is kind of the, she's the Katniss figure of this movie, but she is her own character. She is not just like there to be Katniss. Got so I, I really appreciated that about it. Uh, I think it's kind of overly long, uh, but, uh, but, it's, it's a pretty decent film. It's getting pretty good reviews, 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, your love for the Hunger Games uh, franchise is going to kind of weigh a little bit on this. If you are, like I said, if you were Super a fan. millennial that loved these, then, yeah, you're going to be all about it. All right, very good. Uh, we got other movies to get to, but I did want to make sure I don't run out of time before I ask you your opinion about uh, Marvels because we didn't connect last week. But uh, underperformed expectations, but is the movie itself a good movie? Yeah, unfortunately, I, I had a family medical emergency last week, so I was I was out of town. But I, I have seen the movie. I really liked it. I think it's a really fun superhero adventure. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know why anybody who has liked these kinds of movies wouldn't really love this movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Amon Vellani just runs away with the movie. Now, as to why it didn't perform that well, uh, there, there's a number of things you could possibly look at one is just a, a glut of product you know there's been a lot of superhero projects over the last couple of years and particularly a lot of marvel stuff and right. uh some people feel that some of the quality has kind of kind of waned here and there with some of the uh the disney plus streaming shows uh you know i could make an argument that secret invasion really wasn't that great uh and uh you know some people were kind of down on the ant-man movie that came out at the beginning of this year which you may not realize was this year but yes it was uh -huh. 
so you know there there is a lot. I also out heard there. it was kind of heavy handed on the sort of you know pro woman wokeness bias but, kind of stuff. But I don't I haven't seen no, it, so I can't say. He, here's the thing: anybody that's saying that hasn't seen the movie. Okay, that enough. was maybe that was maybe a reasonable uh, reasonable criticism of Captain Marvel. If you've really got your head up your butt about that kind of thing, gotcha. Uh, but there's none of that in this movie. There's no girls rule guys drool moment. There's no, you know, the, the villain is not a male. The villain, the villain is female too. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's literally no moment where it's like, you know, there have been some things that have been done that are kind of pandering towards, look, women are just as good as men. I, you know, the, the scene in the Avengers, uh, Avengers Endgame, where all the female characters were suddenly all together right. in the middle of the battlefield, you know, that's been that was brilliantly parodied in the boys. Uh, you know, th- there's nothing like that in this movie. It's just a straight-ahead superhero movie with you know three very winning leads who play really well off each other and have great chemistry together. Well, you've talked me back I, into I, it. I was I was worried I would hate it. So when it comes out, I'm a, I'm a DVD or a streamer, you know. So that's that's when I'll see it. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, what do you, anything? Any, uh, we got four other movies. Any of these stand out as a particularly good one that people ought to check out? Uh, Trolls World Tour, best- Thanksgiving. Uh, go ahead. The best review to the bunch is Thanksgiving. This is uh, this is done by Eli Roth. This is uh, if you saw Grindhouse, which not a lot of people did, but it was that, that thing that Quentin Tarantino and Robert yeah, Rodriguez did yeah. where they threw back. So there was a bunch of fake movie trailers in that in that movie. Okay, this was one of those trailers that they oh, made into a movie, okay, much, all like, right. much like Machete was before this. I gotcha. Uh, so so this has been the one that everybody wanted to make, and it's kind of like a, you know a riff on Halloween and then the, all yeah, the holiday themed slashers that followed after that. But getting really good reviews on that. Uh, Trolls World Tour. That's the family film this week. If you you know you're taking your kids to see the Trolls movies, you're stuck with this one. Sorry, <laughs> you um, cannot get out of it. All right. Yeah. What uh, what are we gonna uh, watch next week, Julio? Well, again, we got uh, some. Uh, we're not spoiled for choice next week, uh, or we are spoiled for choice. I guess is the way to say it. Uh, Thanksgiving next week. Some movies opening Wednesday with Tuesday night previews. Uh, we have Napoleon opening. We have uh, the new Disney animated film Wish opening, and. Uh, uh, the uh, Saltburn by Emerald Fennell, who did Promising Young Women uh, a, lot, a year or two ago. All right. uh, so some really good choices. So we're, st- we're still deciding on that. As soon as we figure that out, it'll be up on our Facebook group. Very good. Follow him on the Pensacola Movie Club Facebook page and listen to him tomorrow at 4 o'clock on Let's Go Pensacola. Julio Diaz, as always, my friend, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Andrew. You bet. Transgressions Memorial Service comes up next. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Okay, we're looking pretty good this morning. It's been pretty uneventful. Uh, let me get back to my notes here. I-10 eastbound is still a little bit slow at the uh, Pine Forest exit, uh, backed up there for a couple miles. Highway 29 just after East 9 Mile, uh, starting a backup there. Uh, 98, a uh, little slow starting in the uh, the Live Oaks Preserve, headed towards Gulf Breeze proper. And if you're on Highway 90, um, it's a little slow getting over the bridge uh, where, where it turns into Caroline Street. Uh, but otherwise, Stewart Street, everything else is looking okay. Okay. If you have traffic info to report this morning, you can always text me if you can do so safely at 437-1620. This is News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. When you were 18, you spent your spring break in Cancun. The party was legendary, and you speak of it often, even though you don't remember half of it. The geeky kid who sat across from you in math class stayed home, practicing calculus. You made fun of her. A lot. That is, until last year, when you owed the IRS a lot of money and called the certified public accountants at Benakis and Associates. And she answered the phone. Who's laughing now? 
the number crunchers at Benakis and Associates live and breathe accounting and tax preparation. It's practically in their DNA. When you need to know what the heck a Form 656-PPV is, call Benakis and Associates. When you need a QuickBooks Pro Advisor, call Benakis and Associates. When you need someone who practices long division for fun, call Benakis and Associates. Now in the historic district on 120 South Alconies and online at flacpas.com. Benakis and Associates. Leave the numbers to the experts. Hi, this is Earl Ron. At New South Window, we bring the factory to you. Our windows and doors are made with quality in mind, and your products and installation are backed by our lifetime warranty. That's because New South Window knows the importance of single source accountability. We believe in removing the middleman so you get more for your money. This is real factory direct. One company, one call, guaranteed for life. Get New South Proud. For a limited time only, save 35% on New South Windows products and installation. Rumors of Fleetwood Mac, the world's finest tribute to Fleetwood Mac, returns to the stage in 2023. A brand new show celebrating the very best of Fleetwood Mac. A unique opportunity for fans both old and new to rediscover the songs and performances that have ensured Fleetwood Mac's place as one of the most loved groups of all time. Personally endorsed by Fleetwood Mac founding member Mick Fleetwood. Live at Pensacola Sanger Theater on November 22nd. The ultimate tribute to Fleetwood Mac. Tickets are on sale now from Ticketmaster.com. Guy Benson, keeping you informed of the news every day at 2, right after Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the Transgressors Memorial Service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew, remembering those who we have lost. The first remembrance this week is for Michael Ramirez, the double Pulitzer Prize winning resident editorial cartoonist at the Las Vegas Journal Review, who recently had the unmitigated temerity to create a cartoon that showed Hamas official Ghazi Hamad wearing four children and a woman strapped around his body, as he indignantly asked, how dare Israel attack civilians? This precociously truthful depiction of the hypocrisy of Hamas clearly isn't something that an American newspaper should publish, which is why the Washington Post removed it from their website after staff members complained about its clear hurtfulness. Just because Hamad had previously said that Hamas was committed to repeating attacks like those of October 7th as many times as it takes to totally remove Israel from Palestinian land, that is no reason to show him using his own innocent civilians as human shields, even though that's what the misunderstood freedom fighters of his noble organization actually do. The Democracy Dies in Darkness paper was absolutely right to turn out the lights on Michael Ramirez because even though his cartoon tells the truth, and represents a view held by nearly all American leaders on both sides of the aisle, it's not popular to say these things in front of our most beloved servants of wokeness, journalists. Yes, we must protect these fragile makers of newsprint from any facts or perspectives that make them question their own biases in the way that editorial cartoons can do. So I say yes, protect the journalists, remove the hurtful cartoon, and continue advancing the political dialogue in which only one side is allowed to speak. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second, the large and small Magellanic Clouds, two satellite galaxies in the Milky Way named for the explorer Ferdinand Magellan. 
As you no doubt know, although children used to learn about Magellan's pioneering circumnavigation of the world, we now teach them that Magellan was a horrible conquistador who burned villages in Guam and the Philippines and killed the inhabitants. Obviously, these astronomical bodies, which he did not even discover, should not be named for such an atrocious man. As Mia de los Reyes of Amherst College told The Guardian, quote, When we uphold the names of people such as Magellan, whose lives and legacies have caused so much harm, we alienate the communities who have been harmed. So true. That's why the Magellanic Cloud should be renamed as perhaps the Milky Clouds, or the Anti-Colonial Clouds, or simply the Clouds of Liberation. But there's more. We should definitely change the name of the planned future Giant Magellan Telescope that will be based in Chile. Perhaps we should call it the Indigenous People's Telescope of Truth, boldly looking everywhere in the universe except at our own hubris. And surely we need a substitute for the Magellan Straits, perhaps the Straits of Cancellation, or the Anti-Racist Straits. But now as I say it out loud, maybe we don't want to run afoul of McElhenney's fourth dictum on creative renaming. If a name sounds like something bad, it must be revised. And since calling any geological formation the Straits sounds profoundly homophobic. Perhaps the Chilean people's anti-racist narrow waterways, or Caparnoa for short. Yes, the man who showed that the world could be safely circumnavigated definitely needs to have no historical notoriety at all, and his name should henceforth and forever be added to the burning dumpster fires of what we used to call history. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, I want to take a moment to talk about a complicated subject, the Parker Brothers Hasbro classic board game Clue. As I'm sure you all know, there are things about Clue which we applaud. For example, in 2016, Hasbro updated the character of Mrs. White from the frumpy maidservant of yore into a very successful biologist named Dr. Orchid, finally giving Clue its first female character with the profession outside the home. Just this year, Hasbro again changed the character to Chef White, a sexy butch-cut restaurateur who, let's just say, might enjoy softball and Melissa Etheridge in her personal life. Similarly, we admire the courage of Hasbro to reimagine other characters with diversity and inclusion in mind because it's very important to show representation to all groups in the coveted category of possible murderers. For instance, the historically white Professor Plum is now an absent-minded African-American intellectual, which is nice, since it's really important to remind people that black men can be murder suspects too. The historically white femme fatale, Miss Scarlet, is now a sultry African-American temptress, since it's important to remind people that black women can be promiscuous too. It's also worth noting that despite the name, Miss Scarlet has never been a redhead, nor has any Clue character, which is important since the only group that we rightly marginalize are the subhuman gingers who have no souls. Miss Peacock, the traditional grand dam, has been upgraded to Solicitor White, a thriving attorney with brown skin who also happens to be plus-sized, since it's important to remind people that overweight Hispanics can be schemy criminals too. Isn't it better when we let everyone be a suspect? One thing most Americans don't realize is that Mr. Green was originally Reverend Green, a hypocritical Anglican priest, but Parker Brothers didn't think Americans would like a game where a man of the cloth was accused of being a man of the murder weapon. The character is currently Mayor Green, which helps us all remember that even politicians can do bad things too. Yet despite all these varied improvements to make the game more multi-ethnic and less misogynistic, Clue still has major problems. Just consider the weapons. Although the wrench, the rope, the candlestick, the lead pipe, and the knife are just misused household items, the revolver has no business being shown in a modern, enlightened home, even that of a filthy tycoon like the victim. 
No person should face the triggering trauma of seeing a firearm pictured on a board game card, and certainly we oppose the pro-gun normalization effect this has on children who play the game. We actually suggest lowering the overall level of violence in the game as well by making the central crime a theft, or a vandalism, or perhaps jaywalking, rather than a murder, so as not to traumatize children who must certainly be horrified to play a game of mix-and-match weapons locations and homicidal urbanites. But perhaps the most glaring omission in the modern Clue game is a total lack of an LGBTQ token. Or perhaps I should say, of a token LGBTQ. The easiest solution would be to add Rainbow. The person without pronouns or titles, a gender-fluid polysexual architect who obviously can't even be the suspect since that would be transphobic. Also, and perhaps I'm asking too much here, but maybe a future version of Clue could take place in a setting other than some rich white guy's mansion complete with the aristocratic flourishes of a conservatory and a ballroom. So if you feel safe enough, perhaps indulge in the modernized version of Clue, but do so at your own psychological risk. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! As you depart today, please take a moment to try one of Brother Sylvester's 100% recycled hemp straws. These all-natural, slightly soiled hemp straws will prevent microplastics from growing into the waterways. They don't carry the toxic chemicals of paper straws and they prove to hold firm for at least 17 minutes in lab testing. As the brochure says, using them will really suck the life right out of whatever you're drinking. Refreshments this week are provided by The Sand Pit, where every menu item is generously sprinkled with their specially formulated blend of 13 types of soil to remind you what it's like to be dirt poor. Through the character-building solidarity of eating food like the unhoused do, you can really taste the grit. And now, brethren, sistren, and otheren, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more. I didn't even have to make up any of the clue stuff. That's all just real. Oh. Eight twenty, almost Like the first three quarters of it is all real. <laughs> 828, Jake's got traffic for us. Jake? Uh, um, I-10 eastbound at Pine Forest. Uh, we had some slowdown there earlier, but on the map, it looks like it's actually kind of flowing again. Uh, 98, we're having a little slowdown starting uh, eastbound, or I'm sorry, westbound, uh, going to the uh, Live Oaks Naval Preserve before you get to proper. Uh, and also, Highway 90 is a little slow getting over the bridge westbound where it turns into Carolina. Line Street. Um, and uh, otherwise, 98 in Navarre and Winhaven is looking good. Uh, and Highway 29 is flowing. If you have any traffic info to report, text 437 1620, News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. If you have been uh, kind of, I don't know, just looking for a different way to get your health care delivered, Pro Health Florida, locally owned, female owned company for more than 35 years, best of the bay, best of the coast, seven local locations Gulf Breeze by the Waterburger, Santa Rosa Beach, Milton, Crestview, Fort Walton, two in Pensacola, one on Summit, one on College by the Sam's Club. They have primary care and urgent care walk-ins, uh, 8 to 4 weekdays, 8 to 1 on weekends at the Sam's Club location, lab work, occupational health screens, medical weight loss program, and a pro-health medical membership plan as an alternative or a supplement to insurance, $45 a month with unlimited primary care visits and zero copay, and a bunch of other benefits. If that intrigues you, find out more. Either stop by or visit them online at ProHealthFL. Dot com. David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David? President Biden and Mexican President Lopez Obrador are meeting today. The two world leaders meeting at the sidelines of the APEC Forum in San Francisco. They're expected to discuss the migrant crisis. A protective order in President Trump's Georgia election interference case has now been issued by the judge. Fulton County Superior Judge Scott McAfee issued the order barring the release of sensitive evidence exchanged by lawyers ahead of the trial. 
You mentioned this earlier this morning, Andrew. I didn't believe it till I saw it for myself. One, two, three. And Snoop Dogg is going to quit smoking. <laughs> he made that announcement on Instagram and asked for privacy at this time. As he makes his transition to a smoke-free lifestyle. <laughs> okay, Never sure enough. Whatever. Um, no, but seriously, the Clue game. You should go look. Read the history. It's, I didn't make any of that up. And the new characters. They've all been adapted for a more modern sensibility to be more inclusive in the highly coveted murder suspect category. Fox News, I'm Therese Crowley. From the Pacific to the border, President Biden wrapping up his San Francisco summit, meeting with Mexico's President Obrador on migration and fentanyl. Now that he has a deal with China to curb the flows of chemicals to make fentanyl, so the U.S. is loosening some sanctions against China. Even though Biden repeated his belief that China's president, she is a dictator. That worries Washington Republican Dan Newhouse on Fox Business. We can't take our eye off the fact that China poses significant threats to our to our economy to our safety in this country and that we've got to be very much aware of. A bunch of Republicans and Democrats coming together about TikTok saying something needs to be done about China pulling the strings on the algorithm. TikTok denies claims it's boosting pro-Hamas content. But Osama bin Laden's letter to America to justify 9-11 suddenly went viral 21 years later. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 831 at News Radio 92.3. It's 60 degrees, partly cloudy, beautiful morning in Pensacola. Local contractor Jesse Lacoste is wanted by the cops again. Yesterday, the Escambia Sheriff's Office posted on Facebook that Lacoste was wanted for fraud and swindling charges. No additional information was provided, except that anybody with information was encouraged to contact Crime Stoppers or the Sheriff's Office. Since last November, Lacoste has been arrested seven times in Escambia, Santa Rosa, and Okaloosa counties. All of those cases involved allegations of him taking money from clients for work either not started or never completed. A new pilot program is coming to the Escambia County School District, which may lay the groundwork for moving through to K-8 through schools. Starting next year, Cordova Park and West Pensacola Elementary Schools are adding 6th grade classrooms. It's in our best interest to move as quickly as possible to those uh, K-8s, K-6, K-7, whatever we can come up to to give parents more choices. School board member Kevin Adams says he's in favor of those K-8 schools, saying oftentimes students go through the district for their elementary years, then leave for middle school and come back for high school. Under the pilot program, parents would have the option of keeping their sixth graders at one of those two elementary schools or moving them on to the zoned middle school. Well, we recently learned that the Escambia Sheriff's Office has already activated their new shot spotter sensors. Uh, that's about a month ahead of schedule. So far, though, those sensors inside Pensacola city limits are not up and running. Well, we've got to finish mounting the uh, microphones or the sensors, if you would. And to do that, sometimes you're on private property. You have to get permission. You have to get all of that um, taken care of and buttoned up before you can complete that. So uh, we're on schedule to get that going, uh, like the mayor said, in December, early December. And uh, we'll let you know when we have it up and running. It's not going to be long. PPD spokesman Mike Wood and uh, both the county and the city acquired three square miles of sensors through a state-funded grant. The city's sensors in the downtown area. The county's placed theirs in the Mayfair and Montclair neighborhoods. Eventually, those sensors will all be connected to a real-time crime center at the sheriff's office. 
A large nonprofit organization is looking for volunteer medical, dental, and vision providers that would be willing to provide free health care services at a pop-up clinic next month. Remote Area Medical is hosting a free two-day health care clinic at the Milton High School December 2nd and 3rd. The organization says they're also looking for support volunteers to help with setup and teardown. If you'd like to volunteer, you can check out their website at www.ramusa.com. The Pensacola Blue Wahoos are hosting a two-game exhibition series with the Mexican League's Monterey Sultans next April. That'll be on the 2nd and 3rd of of April next year. The team owner, Quint Studer, says despite it being an exhibition, a lot goes into making it possible. Major League Baseball has to agree um, to have the players play an additional couple games. As you know, minor league baseball players and Major League Baseball belong to a union, so you have to get union permission. You have to get minor league baseball permission, and you have to get major league baseball permission. For the two-game series, the Wahoos will be playing as their alternate Pensacola poke-to-poke identity. Now, that brand was launched earlier this year to celebrate the Latino culture in Pensacola with the indigenous roots of sports in North America as well. It's 835. Let's get a look at our traffic on the fives. Jake, what are you seeing? Not too bad out there right now. Uh, Highway 98 westbound. We're having a little backup starting in the uh, the Live Oaks Preserve. Also, Highway 90 in Milton westbound as you're going over the bridge where it turns into Caroline Street. We'll have some congestion there, but it's not looking too bad. This traffic report is brought to you by Discover. <laughs> Discover wants everyone to feel special with live 24-7 customer support. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. If you have any traffic info to report this morning, text 437-1620. This is News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Back to you, David. We will have partly cloudy skies today, otherwise high near 75 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 60 degrees. For Saturday, sunshine returns with a high near 73. Saturday night, temperatures dropping near 50 degrees. Sunny skies continues for your Sunday with a high near 68 and a low near 58 degrees. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. All right, we're warming up a little bit now. 63 in Pensacola, 65 in Gulf Breeze, 60 in Pensacola, partly cloudy skies guys across the area and at the opening bell today we've got a little bit of a mixed market the dow was up three points at 34 948 47 the s&p 500 down 130 at uh 450694 the nasdaq down 21 25 at 149242 our 10-year bond rate is unchanged today that's at 4.44 percent gold price is down 60 cents at 1986.70 silver price is down six cents at 23.87 and uh if you're a bitcoin investor it's not a bad morning 360 up 366 43 at 36 324 The Toyota Camry apparently going hybrid only. The redesigned version of the best-selling car in America is currently available uh, in both traditional uh, ICE models and also uh, in electric models. But the 2025 version will only be sold as a hybrid. It'll join other Toyotas currently sold as hybrid only, including the Sienna minivan and the Sequoia SUV. Nestle is closing their last U.S. coffee production plant in New Jersey. There's no more coffee now sifting through that Nestle factory that was in Freehold, New Jersey. The uh, Swiss companies ended production there, uh, putting about 200 people out of work. They're moving their operations to Mexico and Brazil. 
Walmart's CEO, Doug McMillan, said this week that the U.S. food industry could be heading into a period of deflation after three years of constant price hikes. Food prices have increased 25% since the pandemic started, but reprieve might be on the horizon. The pace of food inflation has slowed in recent months, but food prices are mostly still going up. They rose 3.3% annually in October from a year ago. This is according to the Labor Department. But prices on some staple items like bacon, seafood, and eggs have all dropped. The reason for this? A strong U.S. dollar makes imported goods cheaper, and some of those savings gets passed on to consumers. Supply chain disruptions are largely in the rearview mirror, and energy costs have declined. This all equates to easing at the grocery aisle. Aaron Rayal, NBC News Radio. And right now, 838, your next news at 9 and breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. What is News Radio 92.3? News, news and information, information for Pensacola. Pensacola. The Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay, 5 till 9. The Pensacola Expert Panel or Pep Talk from 9 to 11. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins, 11 until 2. Guy Benson from 2 to 4. Pensacola right now from 4 to 7. Dave Ramsey from 7 to 10. WEAR-TV at 10. And Brian Kilmeade overnight at 11. On News Radio 92.3. Informative. Local. Dependable. I will definitely call you back later then. Come on, wrap it up. Big circle up. Okay, you know what? Wrap up the circle thing. Come on. Commissioner Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. It's our time on the Pensacola Morning News, and we talk about all the things that happened this week with a couple of, uh, well, normally I say a couple of friends. I have to say a new friend right now. Uh, so we got uh, Danny Zimmern here, and he's not a new friend. He's an old friend. Um, the president of Pensacola Mardi Gras, and of course, the Zimmern team and Keller Williams. Uh, but the new friend is somebody who... I knew the name. I had heard you speak before, but I had never met you in person. You actually come with Danny this morning, so I should be suspicious. Uh, but Scott Remington, <laughs> who is a partner at Clark Partington and also the general counsel for Triumph Gulf Coast. Uh, Scott, welcome to the Pensacola Morning News. Thank you, Andrew. Very glad to be here. And I was trying to remember, I don't think I've ever had you on the show, so this is like first time, first time for you, right? Yes. Very nervous. Oh, um, you'll be fine. I want to make sure this is not like a Mike Wallace 60 minutes. <laughs> That's right. Um, we, we haven't and, lost anybody yet. No, and, and so... That's honestly nervous me, a little bit. I, I mean, a little bit. You put your mouth right up on top uh, of the mic there. Okay, a yeah. little bit. But there that's you go. Probably because Danny's here. That's yeah. See, <laughs> here's what's funny. I was just explaining this the other day that I talk on the radio for four hours a day. Talking on the radio is easy uh, for me. Uh, some people it terrifies. Uh, going to speak in public, easy for me, no problem. But the times when I have been a guest on somebody else's show or called in occasionally to a show or whatever, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. You say, how can that be? Well, you don't have any power. It's not, you're not in control. You're not in the environment. It's just a different thing. I totally, you know, I can teach and teach and teach. Sitting in a classroom, raising my hand from a teacher is terrifying. I do it, but it's different, right? Absolutely. Danny, welcome back. Thank you, Andrew. It's great to be here. Good to have you. Uh, everything okay with you? Anything Fan- anything, anything? Mardi Gras coming up? Oh, we're gearing up for the big season. Uh, we, we are partnering with Ascension to do the mall ball. Tickets for that go on sale uh, at midnight tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll send out some emails later today. Everybody can find that on our Pensacola Mardi Gras Facebook page. And then we're doing a big show in the Bay Center on the 26th of January. By the way, the Mall Ball is the 20th, the 26th of January, uh, it, that featuring Flo Rida. Okay. And uh, we're in the process of, of tying all those details down. But Mardi Gras kicks off on uh, the 12th night, Saturday, January the 6th, and runs through Fat Tuesday, February the 13th. 
An interesting Very thing good. about this year's Mardi Gras, you know, it moves uh, based on Easter. So Fat Tuesday is 47 days before Easter, I think. So right. it moves. So this is a short season. So the Friday night parade in downtown Pensacola is February the 9th. And, uh, and then the Saturday parade is February the 10th. And then February the 11th is the beach parade. And on that day is the same day as the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, so, you can you know, beach parades early, yeah, right? It's a day that's parade, exactly so it's right. fine. You know, no big deal. You can, you you can not to say this happens, but you can get your drink on twice. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. You can double dip on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. That'll be good. So uh, I think the big news from this week, frankly, locally, was uh, the State of the City address that uh, DC gave, and he's been in office for a year now. And I mean, I thought the speech, not just the speech, but the substance that made the speech possible was fantastic scott what was your take I, I thought he did an exceptional job uh i think i think prior mayors have probably had similar messages to deliver but haven't been able to have the platform or haven't used the platform that dc used and with I, the civicon I, and civicon. the partnership with the pnj and we broadcast it on the air right uh, really i didn't I, I watched it uh and i think that civicon has done so much for this area mm-hmm. in educating people i mean once again, kudos to Quint Studer for bringing something to Pensacola that we was desperately needed. And I think, um, I think also DC's time with Quint was probably pretty influential. I think he says it on on his right uh, term as mayor. But so far, everything looks very good. Did, you know, I couldn't things. remember, and my wife says she thought there were. I didn't think there had been previous state of the city addresses at all. But do you guys remember? Have there been? Did did Ashton or Grover? And I don't think DC did one last year, did he? He he did a early on. He did a kind of state of the city. Did yes, he? Okay, he, then I had for, but, completely forgotten. But so. nothing quite like this, right? And, I, and as Scott said, I think he knocked it completely out of the park. It's just wonderful having a thirty-nine-year-old mayor with the six-year degree in Quint Studer and a <laughs> right and a thirty-eight-year degree in Jim Reeves. You know, and he. Uh, th- adding data to his decisions and not making them emotional Mm -hmm. typically helps make good decision and it's amazing they they brought in a couple of grant people to hunt for grants and 72 million i think i mean they only locked down you know three quarters of 100 million dollars (laughs) for for grants i mean not too shabby first year right but he make i think dc makes fantastic decisions based on data not just emotions and i think that's really really great don't don't tell me, show me, kind of. Right. Uh, and by the way, I got a text in uh, here at 437-1620 that uh, both uh, Ashton Hayward and Grover did State of the City addresses, so it's my bad memory, which uh, should tell you a lot of things you want to know. So uh, I'll, well, I apologize to both of them well, for that. Well, D.C. covered a lot, and there is a lot. Yeah. He, he has so many different projects, and he's gotten the staff all on board, and uh, you know, everybody's rowing in the right direction for the city of Pensacola. The the thing, and I talked about this. Sorry, go ahead, Scott. You look- I was just going to say, I don't, you know, the fact that we don't remember them doesn't mean they didn't happen. Right. You have to remember, you know, Grover, I think, brought us the weekly press conferences. That's right. And, you know, Ashton- Which was a fix of Ashton's kind of, you know, not showing up city council, not doing, pr- I mean, he talked well, to me, but really didn't talk to anybody else. And, you know, even though I liked the fact that he talked to me, I thought it would have been better for you to talk to more media folks. Right. I, but I think I think Ashton was a transformational mayor in many ways. I think all three of these mayors, remember Ashton was our first strong mayor mm-hmm. and was was kind of learning on the job. And so were we. So were we. Uh, Grover came in and Grover had COVID to deal with, yeah. which was a significant significant thing for a leader of any organization particularly something as big as the city right and to keep us on track for that 
And now D.C., I think, is, is taking advantage of the lessons from Ashton and Grover, what he's learned with Quint. And, uh, and again, Civicon, I don't, I don't think either mayor had that platform to get the message out as widely as D.C. did. And one time. of the, you know, just uh, for a, 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 maybe remember a note or, a, you know, a, a, a premise for the grace a little bit with Grover is it wasn't just COVID. It was this wildly divisive political environment that grew in part out of the Trump presidency, was already there to some degree, but grew out of that and then was even more amplified during COVID and post-COVID. So, you know, and I know for him, a lot of stuff that he had to deal with just weren't wasn't fun, right? <laughs> you know, really profoundly unfun stuff. And so I, I, you know, I give him a lot of grace for not even running for re-election. Like I wouldn't, I can understand all that. You yeah, know? absolutely. And I, you know, I think it, it it's all working out. Grover worked very hard to make the city of Pensacola feel good. Right, you know, and, happy, and he did a good job of that. And I mean, transparent. You know, again, things you learn in the first mayor, you know, mayor's term, and then you know, second mayor's term, and you, you know, you you grow and you improve and all that. And uh, the one thing about uh, DC, and I'll get your comment right after we do traffic here, but I, I say a lot, and I feel I feel like I'm being condescending when I say making adult decisions because you know, he's late thirties. That's not what I mean. I just mean that the decisions seem to be born of the data. And the decision seemed to be the responsible business owner kind of, we're going to make this project work and thrive decisions that no politician ever wants to make because they're going to make some people unhappy, maybe a lot of people unhappy, but they're the right decisions to make based on the money and the deferred maintenance and all that. We'll talk about that in a second. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Jake? All right, we're looking pretty good out there. 98 westbound through Oriole Beach, uh, the Naval Preserve. It's uh, really slow there, headed westbound. Also, Highway 90 eastbound uh, at Beulah Middle School. Uh, we've got our normal morning congestion there. Uh, I-10 and I-110 looking good. 87 is checking in clear. This traffic report is brought to you by Bobby Likas Auto Service. Bobby Likas Auto Service on Davis Highway. If you have traffic info to report, text 437-1620. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Jake. So this is, he's he's going to, D.C. is going to get in trouble with some people because he's telling them what they don't want to hear. We can't afford to keep building all of these public amenities and not maintain them. If you want to have more and more all the time, which is going to cost more and more to maintain all the time, uh, you're either going to have to raise taxes I, mean, I don't know what else you're going to do. Get grants, which is a creative alternative, but or start saying no to stuff. Because it's great to have 90-plus parks, but how much does 90-plus parks cost every year to maintain? And that's the challenge that we find ourselves in when it comes to, you know, nobody wants to not replace the broken-down play structure at the playground in your local park. But it might make more sense not to spend one hundred and fifty dollars or $250,000 on that particular play structure if the trade-off is, well, there's three other parks nearby you could go to, right? Right, if the... Our parks may be what makes us great as a city in the land planning, uh, but if the parks are not in good shape, they become a, a, a drag, right? And right. so, and DC is very, very mindful of uh, the budget and and staffing and ability, what to do. And I don't think any city would want dilapidated equipment, dilapidated, you know, the the bridge or whatever you call that down to the bluffs. I mean, that was basically a hazard yeah and it just hadn't been taken care of in forever and people's you know i think he's shutting it down well you know the the inattention or no attention to it all these years has what's what shut it down and and you know i've been down there numerous times and we all have and every time you'd go down there be graffiti you think oh no big deal and then to be broken boards you think oh no big deal and then along comes dc is like oh yeah it's way worse than that right <laughs> you know right. Our, our our engineer says it's not safe to be on and 
that makes him look bad like he's the bad guy, but he's really the adult saying, you know, the car, the brakes don't work, the engine's about to fail, and uh, it's got no turn signals. You can't drive that car. You know, and I, I, you know, that's, again, that's the responsible adult decision, right? But D.C.'s doing so many good things. You yeah, know, right. It's not Agreed. the shutdown things. It's the new development and those grants he's gotten. And I don't really think the community understands how valuable American Magic can be to, to Pensacola and Northwest Florida and, frankly, the region. Uh, you know, if, the, if that uh, America's Cup ends up, you know, if they win— in Barcelona, they get to decide where the next one is. And if they're headquartered here, you know, who knows about that? Uh, right. The world descending on somewhere. But maybe <laughs> it's here and maybe it's not. I don't know. But it's we, exciting to think about. Well, and and it's interesting, the complication of all that. But, uh, you know, we there's a shortage of hotel rooms, and we <laughs> have a bunch of hotels right. sort of, on, uh, you know, on the books. Coming or almost coming or so, just finished. The, there's the Hilton Garden Inn that just got done. They got the new one that got approved yesterday. We got the other new one that got approved recently on Garden. Uh, if we can ever figure out the Grand Hotel, you know, all of those hotel rooms are available at some time, theoretically, right? The growth is a big deal. It, it really is. And, I, you know, hotel rooms, I, I know uh, Scott mentioned Quint, all, a friend of all of ours and a friend of this community for sure. And, you know, we talked with Quinn about doing some major events at Maritime Park, and he did a study. And he ba- the study basically, he paid for it out of his own pocket mm-hmm. to see if it would work. And the study basically said there's not enough hotel rooms to yeah. do a, a, a major event like that. So now they're all on the board based on an exciting downtown, I believe, and beautiful white beaches, all that combined. And, of course, the sweetness of our citizens. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, I know one of the things that you're interested in is like the the Sun Trail, the connectivity, the possibility of rejuvenating some of that downtown area around Main Street. You know, Bayfront's going to go through a redesign at some point and, you know, provide sheltered bike lanes, walking path, cut down the median a little bit, all that kind of stuff. That's to me, that's just more of the what people seem to want in a modern community, right? I think that's right, and I, I think when you talk about parks and infrastructure, everything's about balance, right? The The way we're going to pay for things in the future is by growth. The city's got to grow. We need more people. We need more jobs. We need a better economy from the private sector to help the public sector pay for the things that uh, the p- people want, and it's a balance that you have to maintain. And I think that's one thing that Civicon has done for us is, it's you know, Quint has brought in experts in all of these areas mm-hmm. to teach us how to try to find the right balance. How to, how to grow without, without destroying yourself in the process. But it's and working. I, it is. You I cannot I deny. And, 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 and even, you know, even the parts where I have friction with the, the mayor over, you know, what's the appropriate tr- solution for parking, which is a big problem. Um, parking even, is a good problem. Uh, yes. And how we handle it, that's the challenge. But, you know, hearing from all these Civicon folks, you get this – I don't know, incredible free public education on, you know, modern city management and thinking about things like building codes and thinking about zoning and parking and traffic management and, you know, height restrictions or not. I mean, you know, it's it's a completely comprehensive picture of the way a city can be can be built, right? Can be built smart. Exactly. Absolutely. I, I actually uh, was, a, was a part of the downtown improvement board used to manage parking before it rolled into the city, mm-hmm. which is a much better solution, candidly. But um, it, and so I was involved when Dr. Shoup came here. The 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 guy who knows the most about parking of anybody in the world, and that who would think that, right? But the philosophy is pretty simple. The 
most demand spaces should be the most cost and and where there's no demand less cost and you have a choice where you want to park and then you have to use the parking money for the community and put it back in and keeping the streets clean and and keeping the area clean so all that's working dc understands all that and his team understands all that and the city is is being very responsible in managing it but it is not popular there's no doubt about it well, but and I think that the parking is going to come down to a public-private balance, right? We've got lots of public spaces. We've got lots of private spaces. And one thing that's been we've seen over the past. Can, can I tell you my prediction on that? I I think that most of those private lots are going to go away. They're not going to not be private lots, but I think they're going to be city managed. Yep. I think uh, that the goal is long term to replace the red signs with blue signs, and integrate it all under one umbrella. And so they'll still be private, but they're not going to be separate. Uh, you know, I think is the goal anyway. I, I don't know. I'll tell you this. The, the What the red lots have done that I think has been great for downtown is you have private lots that have become available to public in empty hours. When they weren't just roped up, when they're not just roped off, right. you mean? Correct. And, and, so, and it's true, you know, as much as the red lots get grief for the tactics and a lot of the things about how they've done business, um, the other side of that is, but there is parking and some people are willing to pay for it. And that's better than not having park at all, right? Absolutely. And, and if you go to... You know, I'm, I'm kind of a Gulf Coast guy. So if you go to Mobile, you go to New Orleans, there's red lots everywhere. I mean, you know, they're, they're kind of the dominant player on the, the Gulf Coast. And I got to say, you know, they've been here for a while and had one app, and the city's about to be on app number three or app number four. Right, yeah. So if, if, if the city's going to have that type of dominance, they're going to have to up their game uh, and beat the private sector. And that's, you know, the balance that we see in most things. Right. Usually the private sector is able to outperform the public sector, but – We'll see. And, that, and that's just, you know, again, I, I don't mean this to be like the half hour of how awesome D.C. is, but, you know, it's fair to give credit where credit is due. And one of the things that I particularly appreciate about him is saying, look, I didn't cause the parking problem. It's not my fault. I don't own these lots. I don't have any authority over these lots. Nevertheless, what can I do to help? You know, what can I And that's kind of an across the board approach of, you know, the business owner. Right. You know, something's broken. Well, ultimately, that's my job. You know, even if I didn't make it happen, I can still make it better. Well, the big picture to that parking deal, this goes way back, but the big picture to that is the downtown overlay district allows a 100% discount in parking requirements by the property owners. So you could put a restaurant downtown with, no with just the four corners of the restaurant and zero parking, and the public is supposed to absorb that right. in the public. That's to help develop that. Another D.C. attribute, perhaps, but he's getting uh, – Folks, let's relook at the land development code. Right. I mean, if you built out by Cordova Mall, you've got to have basically one parking place for every 250 square feet of building. It depends a little bit on if you have customers, if you have what your staff, but at some point you've got to have parking. Downtown you have none. Where you I, have more density, more cars, and more demand. Right? Here's this 1,500 square feet. I'm going to have <laughs> right. 300 people come through the door every day, and I'm not providing one parking place. I mean, and that's that, complicated, but we want more places downtown to work, and so it creates more demand on those parking places. Absolutely. Let's get a quick traffic break. Uh, Jake's got traffic on the fives. All right. Not too bad out there right now. 98 westbound through Oriole Beach uh, through the Naval Preserve is a little bit slow this morning. Highway 90 through Milton and Pace uh, is actually looking pretty good. I-10 and I-110 checking in clear. Highway 87 not showing any delays this report is brought to you by 200 south tap house where the neighborhood plays uh, casino beach presents a locals loyalty turkey toss party saturday november 18th at 11 a.m benefiting mana food pantries there's going to be live music contest and prizes visit uh, go to visit pensacola.com for details 92.3 informative local dependable thanks so much Jake. andrew so i think what we ought to do is have 
available parking spaces updates in downtown. Like I can do it live for you, yeah. you know, in the morning, yeah. you know, just like we do traffic, we can There's do a, a space parking space. There's a space in front of, you know. <laughs> There's a space available in front of the a gas is 285 building. at the Murphy, and uh, traffic, traffic on Nine Mile Westbound right. is a little backed up right there by Palafox. <laughs> and I know there's a space at the corner. <laughs> right, exactly. I think That's it'd be perfect. A, oh, I love that. So uh, we'll finish on something a little bit fun. Um, I can't help but notice, Scott, that you're wearing a, um, uh, a fleece. This is not a, fun. A fleece that has, um, I don't know, some maroon, black, white icon that seems reminiscent of an Indian tribe of some kind or something. Right. Is that right? I, it, I'm absolutely uh, no-blooded right here. <laughs> yeah, How many generations got, of uh, Seminoles? Uh, my parents met at FSU. I met my wife at FSU, and my daughter, oldest daughter graduated from FSU last year. So, so everything good in your life, or bad in your life, is tied to FSU, <laughs> one way or the other. Is that right? Every, everything good. Everything, everything good. good. All right. I have very, very fond yeah, memories yeah, but, of Tallahassee. But don't but let Danny? it go that they've got to come through Gainesville and play the Gators at home on saturday night of thanksgiving next weekend after thanksgiving really the, wish that was a noon game what's yeah. what's florida ranked uh they're not ranked okay. they haven't been, they haven't been <laughs> yeah they haven't been ranked in many years but look we all feel and neither good has about auburn it. i mean come on now it's fine all right i'll take no, it nobody wants to go to the swamp at night yeah, yeah. no that's um that's gonna be something are you excited i mean is it how does it feel it's been a while uh, it, it's it's very exciting it's nice um it's nice to, to win, and it's really nice to watch the kids in the program and, and how Norvell's developed them. He is, seems to be just an excellent person and a great coach. And uh, also, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that tomorrow, Delta State, we've got uh, UWF is traveling to Delta State for the first round of the playoffs this year. We just had a, mi- a moment ago where we got to meet a former player from the uh, the championship team, but uh, go Argos tomorrow. Danny Zimmern and uh, Scott Remington, great to meet you, Scott. Great to have you, Danny, as always. Thanks for the time, guys. Thank you. You're listening to... News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.